What a blessing to be here today. How many of you'd rather be here than the best hospital in town? Yes. The best jail in town? Yes. Praise God. It's great to be in the family of God. You know, it's, uh, man, to be part of, of a good church family is, is really, it's a, it's a rich experience, guys. Never take for granted what God's given us in the body of Christ, yes? And, you know, the Lord, when he ascended on high, he gave gifts unto men, uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And how many of you know when God gives us gifts, he gives us the best? And, uh, man, your, your pastors, uh, Shannon and Karen, are just, are, are just the best. Uh, let, let's give God thanks for them. Amen. And, and, you know, be a blessing to them. Everybody say, I'm a good sheep. Say, bah. <laughs> you know, sheeps, sheep follow their shepherd and their blessing, and, and they send nice, encouraging emails to their pastors. Yes. <laughs> you know, sheep are, are responsive, and they, but, but man, goats, they, they butt. I love my pastor, but. I love my husband, but. I believe by his stripes I'm healed, but whatever's on the other end of your butt is what you really believe. Amen. So it, it's really important, guys, to uh, let's be thankful for, for what God's given us, yes? And let's be thankful for our pastors and, and uh, send them an encouraging email from time to time and bless them. And, and I, know God, I know God will be pleased with that because he, he gave them to you, yes? Praise God. So I, have a, uh, I, I do have a word that I want to share today from the word, but I have a, a word that I want to uh, share with you. Uh, I believe it's for uh, this church, but it's for the church in 2024. I had a good friend of mine that called me, um, actually it was New Year's Eve, and he called me and he said, Greg, I believe God said, told me to call you. And uh, he pays a pastor of a church in Alabama. And he said, I believe God told me I'm having a service tonight. And I believe God told me that you had a word for us. And it was like, you know, I didn't have anything. It's like, man, get your own word. I, <laughs> I mean, that's what I was thinking. I didn't tell him that. And, uh, and so I said, all right, I'll pray. I'm not going to. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not one of these that just, you know, throws words around, okay? And, you know, like this is, this is the word for this particular year or whatever. So, but he, 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 he said he heard from God, so I prayed. And the, I mean, it was like the, almost the moment I began to pray, this is what I heard. That God was speaking to me real clear, and I called him back to you, and I told him, I said, well, like right after you said that, I guess you were hearing because I, I didn't until I prayed. And then, uh, but this is what I heard is that uh, the, Lord, the Lord said, everything that the devil has stolen, beginning with 2020 and COVID, and all the way through the end of this past year, God said, I'm going to restore in 2024. And so this is a year of restoration. This is a year of recovery. And you're going to recover everything that the enemy has stolen. Whatever it is, whatever, whatever you feel like you've lost, God's, God's got restoration for you. Lake Haven Church, amen. And so I just believe that's a word from God. I'm, I just wanted to uh, share that with you. There's hope and, uh, and there's, there's restoration. Yes? Amen. So... I do have some product back on the table back there. Um, I've got some really good books. This book is called A Prosperous Soul. Third uh, John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now, God will get healing to you if you've got a messed up soul. But he's talking about health there. How many of you know Walking in health and needing healing are two different things. 
Okay, so how many of you want to walk in health? How many of you want to walk in prosperity? Okay, he said, even as your soul prospers. And I've, I've never heard anybody teach that. Uh, I've heard that verse quoted for years that God wants us well and God wants us to prosper, but I never saw that connecting of, uh, phrase there until I was seeking the Lord one time and he just showed it. He just, it was just a download to me. And he, I said, okay, then even as your soul prospers, what is it that constitutes a prosperous soul? Because if I can make sure my soul is prospering, then, then my sick days and my broke days are over. So that's what this book is about. So uh, T, maybe you can give that to somebody who looks like they're messed up, okay? <laughs> who, who would like that? Who would like it? All right. <laughs> Praise God. This is, uh, I, um, I have a, a TV program. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Um, my son, Michael, was Andrew Womack's daily television producer for years. Now he produces all the biblical worldview, and, and he, he, produces a, uh, he produces my TV program called Wisdom for Living. You can see it on gospeltruth.tv every day at 3 o'clock or 3 in the morning if you can't sleep. Or you can just go to, Facebook, you can just go to uh, YouTube and subscribe free and you can you can watch it there and uh, this uh, this is one of my TV uh, programs is called uh, the building a successful marriage you need to buy this because it shows an actual picture of Janice and I when we, we were married she was 18 I was 19 and it shows our 50th wedding anniversary so we know a little bit about marriage uh, the four kinds of love needed in marriage the priorities that will Produce peace in your marriage. What, what wives want and what hus husbands need and how to cultivate your mate's heart and effective communication in marriage and satisfaction between the sheets. Hallelujah. Amen. That's good. The truth about divorce and remarriage. Okay, who has been married two years or less and would listen and would watch this? Two years? Okay. Where at? I can't. All right. Okay. I'm going to give this to you. All right. And then I will. Uh, I will sign any. Also today, any product that you that you purchase. If you, I mean, if you purchase one of my TV programs, I'm going to give you a free book. Okay. And I will sign the books after the service. And also, I've got a free download for you. It's got a. QR code back there on that picture. You, it's on the table. You can just take that and, and download uh, how, uh, Healing for the Brokenhearted. You get that free on my website, gregmore.com. All right, open your Bibles wherever you'd like. I'm going to be in Philippians chapter 3. And I'm going to tell you a funny, okay? Actually, I'll tell you two. Somebody was asking me about funnies, am I going to tell a funny today? I started telling jokes when I, uh, when I was, got my master's degree while I was pastoring, and, and uh, this guy shared a joke, and I shared it the next Sunday morning, and these two guys were there that their wives had been praying for them. One of them got saved. One of them came back to the Lord, and then they both went home and told their wives, we're going to come back. That guy's funny. And uh, so I started telling jokes. and So people start sending them to me. You can send them to me at info at gregmore.com, and I'll clean them up. <coughs> I have to clean some of them up. So <laughs> this, this, is a, this one's, a, I'll tell you a short, blonde joke. <laughs> so this, well, I've known some brunette blondes, okay? I've known some male blondes, all right? Anyway, so this blonde, she said, you know, uh, I'm so thankful. If it wasn't for that nice guy, that nice man that, that invented electricity, we'd all be watching our televisions by candlelight. <laughs> so 
Some of y'all get that later. All right, this is called softball in heaven. So two 90-year-old women, Bertha and Betty, they've been friends all of their lives. When it was clear that Bertha was dying, Betty visited her every day, and one day Betty said, Bertha, we both love playing softball all our lives, and we played through high school and college and even beyond. Please do me one favor. When you get to heaven, somehow you must let me know if there's women's softball there. Well, Bertha looked up at Betty from her deathbed and said, Betty, you've been my best friend for all these many years. If it's at all possible, I'll do this favor for you. Shortly after that, Bertha passed on. A few nights later, Betty was awakened from a sound sleep by a blinding flash of white light and a voice calling out to her, Betty, Betty, who is it, asked Betty, sitting up suddenly. Who is it? Betty, it's Bertha, it's me, Bertha. You're not Bertha, Betty said. Bertha just died. No, I'm telling you, it's me, Bertha, insists the voice. Bertha, where are you, asked Betty. In heaven, Bertha replied. Then I have some really good news for you and a little bad news. Well, tell me the good news first said Betty. The good news, Bertha said, is that there's women's softball in heaven. And better yet, all of our old buddies who died before me are here too. Even better than that, we're all young again. Better still, it's always springtime and it never rains or snows. And best of all, we can play softball all we want and we never get tired. That's fantastic, Betty said. It's beyond my wildest dreams, so what What's the bad news? You're pitching on Tuesday. <laughs> Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Let's begin at verse 7. But what things were gained to me, these I've counted loss for Christ. And we sang about this this morning. And nothing else, nothing else will do beyond you know, knowing Jesus. Uh, yet indeed, verse 8, yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith that I may know him everybody say that I may know him that I may know him and the power of his resurrection the fellowship of his sufferings and being conformed to his death if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. I, I just simply want to talk to you this morning about knowing Jesus. Yes. Knowing Jesus. This is an amazing statement from the Apostle Paul, who was over 60 years old at this writing. He had walked with the Lord for over 30 years. At this time, he'd made significant king, kingdom accomplishments. He planted several churches in different regions, written many epistles, healed the sick, seen miracles, cast out devils, been raised from the dead himself, and witnessed revivals in cities and remote islands. I mean, his life and ministry, guys, had made significant kingdom impact in thousands of lives up until this point. If anyone knew the Lord, it was the Apostle Paul from his Damascus Road experience. How many of you remember when you met the Lord? How many of you remember how that impacted your life? I mean, it's like radical change. It's, it's like, man, when, man I, was, I was in darkness, and it was like I came into the light, and, and even after I was born again, and, and things I didn't have my mind renewed to, and I was still... Uh, had some habits and things, and, and, but I couldn't enjoy sin anymore. 
I mean, when you got born again, you were ruined for sinning. Look at your neighbor. Say, you're ruined for sinning, man. You just can't enjoy it anymore. The fact that, you know, the fact that, that uh, you know, that, that it grieves you when you do something wrong, that's a sign you're born again. Man, I was, <laughs> I had a street ministry in Houston, Texas. Uh, and I, I got born again and then filled with the Spirit. And we were, we, we'd see between four and 25 people come to Jesus on the streets. And started a bus ministry where we, we got in 360 Houston buses, we got a banner that said, which way are you headed? And in a weak care line, people could call in. Anyway, man, we were, we were rocking and rolling, man, seeing people come into the kingdom. And so this backslidden Pentecostal uh, preacher we, who was out in the world, we, we got him back into church and were ministering to him. And, and, and he comes to me one day after he's coming to church for a few weeks and he, he just had tears in his eyes. He said, he said, Greg, I'm sorry to tell you that you're not saved. I said, what? He said, I mean, I got him off the street, right? I mean, he was, he was living out in the world, and we got him back in church and serving God and worshiping God. Now he's telling me I'm not saved. He said, no, you're not saved. I said, why do you think that? He said, because you weren't baptized a certain, certain way. I said, look, dude, I've been baptized every, every kind of way you think you can imagine, and I know baptism doesn't save you because I was baptized in a Baptist church to, to assuage my mother's conscience. And I went down a dry center and came up a wet center. <laughs> I am proof positive that water baptism doesn't save you. Okay? Then I got born again in a Methodist church on the word I heard in that Baptist church. And, they, and they dry, I got dry cleaned. They sprinkled me. <laughs> and then when I got filled with the Spirit... I got the revelation, hey, you don't sprinkle dirt on top of dead folks. You put them under, right? So I got, I got baptized. And so, and the Spirit of God spoke to me and ministered to me. And Anyway, I said, look, water baptism is a symbol of, of what's happened to you on the inside. Anyway, but, anyway, but no, you weren't baptized the right way. <laughs> I said, look, dude, I know I'm, I'm born. He said, well, how do you know you're born again? I said... Because before I was born again, and you telling me I'm not, you would have received this fivefold ministry right up, right upside of your head. <laughs> the fact I'm born again is restraining me from this wrong kind of fivefold ministry. Anyway, listen, guys. When you know the Lord, you're ruined for sinning. When you know the Lord. Man, there's a witness on the inside and you're grieved when you do something that's wrong. That's, indi that's an indication you're born again, yes? And, and so, man, Paul here said, look, after all of my accomplishments, that's after everything I've done, after everything God has shown me, after all the epistles I've written, after everything, man, he said, I've got one goal, that I might know him. This is it's amazing. Think about it, guys. <laughs> Knowing Jesus was Paul's highest goal in his life. Everything else pales in comparison. John 17, 3 says, And this is eternal life, that they may know you. Eternal life doesn't begin when you die. It, it begins when you're born again, but then it continues. With, man, we get more and more revelation about Jesus as we, as we grow and as we know him. Man, I used to read, in fact, I'm reading in the book of Revelation right now, it's just my, my reading in the Bible. I read, if I'm, if I'm reading through the Old Testament, I'll read Genesis and then Matthew and Exodus and Mark. If I'm reading in the New Testament, I don't like to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'll read, I'll read Matthew and then I'll go to Acts and then Mark and Romans and, and Luke and... First Corinthians and and uh, John and the Second Corinthians and I'm in all the little most of the little books. Now I'm in reading the Book of Revelation, and I, and and they're saying 
they're, they're singing holy, holy, holy 24-7. How many of you would agree with me that you've read that before and you say, that's boring. <laughs> that's boring. Holy, holy, holy. Is that? But, but then the Lord showed me what, what it really means is, man, it's like you're getting one dimension of revelation of the Lord from, to another. It's like, holy. And then, holy. And then, holy. You know, it's like, man, you just, you're just knowing the Lord. Well, we can know him here. And just because you're born again, guys, that's not all that's, that there is to knowing him. Yes? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. There's more. I mean, how many of you are married? How many of you thought you knew that person before you said, I do? How many of you have learned a little bit about that person? Okay, here's my beautiful bride, Janice. Why don't you stand up, honey, right here? And anyway, um, we've been married for a few years, and and so uh, after we'd been married, probably it's, I think this was thirty plus years. My church sent me sent us to Israel, and we went to Israel, and, and it was great experience. And we were up on the Masada, where the Jews hid from the Romans until the Romans put Jews as basically the way to get up there and, and so they they caught them but anyway it was, it was very hot up there um, you guys think this is cold don't you we, we just came from negative 10 in Colorado to here so this is this is cool this is nice <laughs> anyway but it was hot up on Masada and so I was thirsty and, and uh, I went to this fruit uh, they had a smoothie stand there and and I, and they all they took was cash and all all the cash I had was was uh, about ten dollars I think and it was eight dollars for this smoothie. Anyway, so they had a choice between strawberry banana and orange. And I thought I like strawberry banana, so I'm going to lay my life down for my wife and give her orange, right? And so I buy this and spend my last eight bucks and and I bring it to Janice and. After 30 years of marriage, she said, <laughs> she said, you know, you know I don't like orange <laughs> in front of my friends. <laughs> I said, yeah, right. I spent my last eight bucks giving you something that you don't want. You never told me you didn't like, well, I just, I just drank it because y'all, y'all liked it. All right. Well, a good friend of mine gave me some money, and I went and redeemed myself and got her a strawberry banana. But the bottom line is, is you think you know that person. But there's, how many of you know in marriage that you're learning things about that person continually, yes? Well, that, then it, it's the same way with the Lord. Guys, every day I'm just learning from the Word and from His presence. Man, things in His presence and I love the worship here. Just, you get in his presence and, man, he reveals things about himself to you, yes? Man, I mean, never, man, I never get tired of, of fellowshipping with the Lord. And I, I, I don't have this attitude that I know it all. And Paul said, look, towards the end of his life, man, here's my goal. I want to know, I, I know the Lord. That's powerful. You know, um, a number of, a number of, a uh, couple of years ago, Andrew Womack had a, received a prophetic word from a prophet in Scotland. And he, he told him, he said, Andrew, uh, and he's on Andrew's board in, uh, in the UK, and he said, uh, Andrew, God told me to tell you, you can ask him anything that you want, anything you want, and he's going to give it to you. And so Andrew prayed over that for a while. I mean, he's needing, you know, several hundred million dollars to fin fill out, finish out his campus and all kinds of things. And so he's praying about, what do I ask? Anything that I want. And it was, it, he said he spent two or three months just, just praying, seeking the Lord. He, he was walking out of his house one day, and he just said, you know, Lord, 
I just want to know you. I just want to know you. Because doesn't Matthew 6.33 say, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you? I just want to know you. I just want to know you, Lord. I want to know you better, and I want to manifest you more. Right? Guys, that's our goal. There is, there is no higher goal. I'm not going to turn there. Well, let, let, me, let, let me just, I said I wouldn't. Just, let, let's, just, let's just look at it really quickly. I'm not going to spend a long time uh, talking about it. But, look, but in 1 John 2, I didn't give, these, did give the guys these verses, but in 1 John 2, verse 12, it says, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you, fathers. Everybody say children. I write to you, fathers. Everybody say, fathers. Because you've known him who's from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you've overcome the wicked one. So you have three different uh, dimensions of spiritual growth here. Children, young men, fathers. Children's focus is on what they can receive from God. Forgiveness of sins, the benefits of the cross, all of that. Young men's focus is on overcoming the wicked one. You remember the, the disciples when they were growing up and, they, and God sent them out. They knew their authority. They, man, they, were, man they, they came back and, man, they were pumped. They, man, Jesus, oh, wow, man, man, the, man the, we, we used your name and demons were cast out. and Man, it was awesome. And, and Jesus patted them on the back and said, man, you guys are something else, right? Is that what he did? No, Luke chapter 10, you can read it. He said, wait a minute, boys. Don't let that go to your head. Don't rejoice because, because the demons are subject to you, but because your names are written in, the, in heaven. Well, in other words, the, remember the reason why the demons are subject to you is because you know me. So, but then the fathers, their focus is on knowing him. Guys, there is no greater thing than knowing the Lord. Amen. There is no greater thing than knowing Jesus. So look, let's look back at um, let's look back at Philippians three now. And I want to just talk to you for the next few minutes just about the three different dimensions of knowing Jesus that Paul outlines here. He said, verse ten, that I may know Him. In the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. Everybody say, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. Now, don't take your gray scissors and cut out the last two. Okay? Three different, three different dimensions of knowing Jesus. The power of his resurrection. What is, what is and, and I'm not purporting to you that I, I have the last word on any of these, but I'm going to unpack these for you because these are different dimensions of knowing the Lord. So first of all, the power of His resurrection. That, that is the, the revelation that His resurrection trumps all the works of the enemy. No matter what the devil's doing, Jesus has already defeated Him, and knowing Him in that dimension will bring us victory in every situation, in every challenge, challenging situation in life. It's what Paul did when, when you know, he'd gone through throw, being thrown in jail and getting stripes on his back and then, man, going through shipwreck and, and then having to appeal to Caesar. And, man, and he was on that island and he got, and he got a, a, a snake bite, you know, bit, bit on him. And he's, oh, God, why? Why did you let this happen to me? After all I've done, oh God, after all I've been through, Lord, and now this snake bites me. Is that what Paul did? What did he do? He shook the beast off into the fire. What, what did he do? He made light of the devil and much of the Lord. And he had revival on that island. He operated. He knew the Lord and the power of his resurrection. He said, God, you are greater than this snake bite. Greater is he that's in me. 
The power of his resurrection abides on the inside of me. No matter what has come against you, don't be bragging on the devil. Man, shake the beast off into the fire. Shake the beast off. Come on, guys. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off into the fire. He's greater. There's a song that goes, it's called Greater. Greater, he is greater than the fight that rages for your life. Yes? Now, I'm not saying the devil's not out there, but are you kidding me? If it's the devil, we've got authority over him. Well, you don't understand. You don't understand. Pastor Greg, you don't understand. They told me I've got stage 3 cancer or stage 4 cancer, or they said it's terminal. We're all terminal. Are you kidding me? So what if they told you that you had stage 23 cancer? Well, there's no such thing. Well, what if there was? Stage 3, stage 4, stage 24 is not greater than the resurrection power of Jesus. Guys, it's, it's facing impossibilities knowing that the greater one lives on the inside of you and we can praise him knowing him in the power of his resurrection means no impossible situation is impossible. That's powerful. Matthew 19, 26 says, But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And we focus on God there. With God all things are possible. And certainly that's true. With God all things are possible. But that's not where our emphasis needs to be. It's with God all things are possible. Everybody say, with God. And if, I, if you and I get with God, all things are possible. The impossible becomes possible. When, why? When we're with God. When we're flowing with Him. When we're, when we're, when we're in sync with Him. Man, then, then, then demonic has no power. The devil has no place in your life. No matter what, no matter what the enemy has tried to do in your life. For with God, all things are possible. Yes? yes. Nothing is impossible. Man, in, in Mark 3, verse 14 and 15, they, then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sickness and cast out demons. Guys, spending time with the Lord, knowing him, that's your, that, is, that is your safeguard, that is your shelter, that is your protection, that is your shield from COVID and from anything else that the enemy would try to throw your way. Yes? And if I'm with him, if I'm, if I'm just knowing him and following him and listening to him and then being a part of a good local church where I'm accountable in relationship, right? So that that shuts the door on the enemy because if I get isolated, okay, and, and, I'm, and I'm speaking to somebody watching online. Thank God for online. And, and, but listen, you need, to, you need to get off of your blessed assurance and come here and be a part of a body. We need you. And I'm not condemning you. I'm just telling we need you. We need you to be a part. We need you to come. Get out, get out of your PJs once or at least once or twice a month and come and be a part of the body. And then serve because we need one another. Yes? We, we, don't want to get, we don't want to become isolated. Guys, if I'm with him, if I'm following his leadership, that, see, that's, that's how Jesus operated. Uh, John 5, 19, Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son does in like manner. That's how Jesus operated. He just got with the Father. Lord, what, what's on your agenda today? What's on your heart today? What's on your heart today? You get, if you make it your goal to find out what's on his heart, and you go out and carry that out, I'm telling you guys, you're going to see impossible situations turn around. You're going to experience divine appointments, divine connections. You're going to have revival in areas of your life 
life and ministering to other people, and you'll be men so pumped and so excited, and man, and ministries will be birthed from from just you just spending time with the Lord. Yes, Je- Jesus being with the Father and flowing with what He saw the Father do in His intimate time in prayer. That's what released the impossible through Jesus, and it's what will happen to you for you and I. In Philippians 1.28, it says, Not in any way terrified by your adversaries. That means you're not scared of the, of the devil. Not in any way terrified, not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of their destruction. That's what perdition means. But to you of salvation and that from God. When you're in no way terrified, no matter what the enemy throws at you, or any impossibility, from this perspective of knowing him in the power of his resurrection, you can stare death, cancer, negative financial reports, divorce, prodigal reports about your children. You can face it in the you can stare it down in the face, in its face with no fear. Because the greater one's on the inside of you. 2 Corinthians 2.14, Now thanks be unto God, who always causes us to triumph. Joshua 2.9 says, I know the Lord has given you the land, and the terror of you has fallen on us. And all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. This is the mentality, guys, of knowing Jesus in the power of his resurrection. The devil's faint-hearted because of you and me. We're not faint-hearted because of him. That's, that's how Jesus operated and turned the water into wine and healed all the sick and brought in a great catch of fish and multiplied the loaves and fishes. It's because he knew the Father was abundantly providing. Yes? Guys, this, I'm not, this is not theory with me. I was healed of cancer, thyroid cancer. And they were going to have to remove my thyroid and my voice box uh, if it had spread that much. And, and I, was totally, I was totally healed. My son Michael was healed of a muscular, arthritic, debilitating situation. They said he would never walk again. And he wouldn't live past 10 years old. My granddaughter... Joelle, in her mother's womb, had club feet. They were going to have to actually amputate one of the feet and reattach it. And she was completely healed. I mean, they had all these sonograms, and she was, and she was healed. I was, I was healed of, uh, I was healed of se- um, double pneumonia and sepsis in 2016. And they were telling my wife and I all these stories about people younger than me dying with less... Uh, situation. Listen, guys, I'm standing before you here supernaturally healed because I know the Lord. I know Him in the power of His resurrection. And there's just no... Look, I'm not saying it doesn't strike me with any doubt or fear at the beginning if I heard a bad report. But but listen, I am exalting exalting God's report Above every other report, okay. Who should uh, to uh, Isaiah fifty three, and verse in verse one. Isaiah fifty three. Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? This is the report I believe above every other report. I'm exalting this report above cancer, above sickness, above lack, above whatever is coming against me. I, I, I exalt the truth above the facts. If you'll exalt the truth above the facts, the truth will win out by the power, knowing him in the power of his resurrection. I'm getting with God. What do you say about the situation, Lord? No, yeah, but the doctor said, yeah, but I'm telling you, the doctor only has functional authority he, because he's, he's in, been in a medical field. He only has functional authority. You and I have delegated authority, which is higher than functional authority. 
Yes? And I just exalt his report above every other report. If you'll hold on to that and, and, and look, stare doubt in the face. How many of you ever had a doubt after you, after you believed? A doubt come to you. Just look at it and say, I doubt you, doubt. I spent more time on that than I planned to, but that was good. Amen? Amen. Then knowing him in the fellowship of his sufferings. I'm sure this is one that's on your refrigerator. Now, let me tell you what, it, what this is not. This is not suffering, sickness, disease, poverty, lack, mental anguish. Look, guys, please don't get in agreement with, with labels that people put on people who have mental problems, uh, whether it's schizophrenia or bipolar or whatever. How many of you know the Word of God is greater than that? Yes. So the, Jesus, Jesus, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, guys. We're not, we're not to suffer anything that Jesus suffered on the cross. But there is a fellowship of his sufferings that we are called to embrace. I'm sure you want to hear about this one, right? 2 Timothy 3, verse 12, provides us a clue about this. It says, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus. How many of you desire to live godly in Christ Jesus? Okay, we'll suffer. Everybody say suffer. Persecution. That's people who don't agree with you. The people that come against you. People that lie about you. People that betray you. People that are difficult in your life. I call them EGRs, extra grace required people. Sandpaper people. Now we're going to get real close to home. Sandpaper people. Do you know that sandpaper people exist here at, at Lake Haven Church? Because you're here. You're sandpaper to somebody. How many of you know that God puts opposites together? Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> that that one, one, of you, one of you is very frugal in your marriage, and one of you likes to shop and spend from Mr. or Miss Frugal. Okay? One of you is very systematic and orderly, and one of you is spontaneous. Is this true? Okay. That can be, that can be like fingernails on the chalkboard. Okay, and we're praying, God, get those people out of my life. And Jesus is interceding at the right hand of the Father that he could get himself through you to them in their lives. I had a, a good friend of ours that um, was in our church, later worked for Andrew's ministry. Uh, her name was Debbie. Debbie uh, and her husband came to our church. They were our pastoral care people. And she worked by her own admission for the wicked witch of the East. And this woman was just almost demonic to her. Now I'm not I'm not advocating that you be any but a doormat to anybody. That's not what I'm saying. You do need to put boundaries, okay, with people that are that are demanding or require. Don't make commitments to people that, uh, in the name of uh, suffering. Uh, you know, uh, knowing Jesus and the fellowship of the suffering. But what Debbie was doing was, God, get her out of my life, okay, and let me go work for a Christian organization. How many of you know Christian organizations have sandpaper people there? How many of you know one or two? Maybe somebody on the same row that you're sitting, don't look to the right or the left and incriminate yourself. Anyway, so Debbie was telling her husband, I'm going to get, I'm going to quit, I'm going to go. And he said, no, 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 you need to, uh, Romans 12, 21 says, don't be overcome by evil, overcome evil with, <coughs> overcome evil with. Good. And she, he said, you just need to show kindness. And, and, and so she came, she came to a service on a Wednesday night and I was teaching along these lines. And she said, all right, I surrender, Lord. And so she started giving uh, that person flowers and took her out to lunch and gave her Starbucks cards. And now if you start receiving a lot of Starbucks cards, 
Well, you might know that somebody's having to act on this message regarding you. Anyway, but they became friends. And how many of you remember the movie The Passion of the Christ? When it came out, I don't know, 2003 or 4 or 5, somewhere along in there. Well, uh, we, we rented out the entire movie theater in our town. And we gave out tickets to our people to give to their lost loved ones and friends. And Debbie gave that to her former Wicked Witch of the East. She brought all of her family. And because we were able to rent out the whole theater, um, uh, we were able to give an altar call. And, and her, her boss and, and her, all of her family got saved. Now, now listen, guys. That would have happened had she prayed that person out of her life, wouldn't it? Guys, think about this. Who is it that's really rubbing you the wrong way? Uh, you need to overcome evil with good. Again, I'm not talking about being a doormat to anybody. But overcome evil with what? That means tangible things that you can do for that person. Knowing Jesus in this dimension means that you love him and you trust him with unlovely people. Not giving up on unlovely people. Amen? And then, and then there's so much more I could share with you, but just for the sake of time, let's go to the third one. It only gets better here, being conformed to his death. What does that mean? Well, these are those Gethsemane experiences in our lives where each of us go through choosing the will of God over the will of the flesh. It's, it's Matthew 26, 39. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, oh, and saying, Oh, my Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. It's, he didn't want to die, and he didn't want to be separated from his Father. The only time you see Jesus crying out at, with all the stuff he went through was when he was separated from the Father. The Father had to turn his back on Jesus so he could turn his face toward you and me. He didn't want sin and sickness and everything put on him. He didn't know that. And, and so that was death to him. It was a, it was, he sweat great drops of blood. And it's those decisions where we choose to die to taking the easy road, the most comfortable and convenient route, instead of choosing to, instead choosing to do the will of God. It's, for, it's, it's first... Uh, Peter 4, verse, verse 1, look at that, 1 Peter 4 and verse 1. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has, ceased, he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, verse 2, that he no longer should live the rest of his life in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for what? Everybody say, for the will of God. It's, it's, it's what James and John didn't do when they put their mother up to, uh, to try to get promoted in the kingdom above all the other disciples. And it really blessed all the other disciples, didn't it? And Jesus said, well, are you able to drink the cup that I'm drinking? And are you able to be baptized in the, in the baptism I'm baptized with it that that was that was this knowing him being conformed to his death guys it's it's Jesus having the resources of 12 legions of angels to get down off the cross but he did not access those because he he saw you and me are you hearing me it's it's Moses it, it said in, in Acts chapter 7, Stephen said of Moses, God it came into Moses' heart to deliver the children of Israel. And then, and then he'd been up all night listening to Frank Sinatra saying, I did it my way. And he did it trying to kill one Egyptian at a time. 
but then he had to go get his BSD degree backside of the desert. And then after 40 years, God revisioned him at the burning bush, remember? Now look, we're about to land here, guys, so don't get nervous. I'm, we're about to land. Okay, but, but then what did God revision him, and what did he tell him to do? Now, of course, Moses said, I can't speak, I can't talk. And Anyway, so he's going to give him Aaron, but what, what did he tell him to do with the rod in his hand, remember? What did he say to do with it? Throw it down. What did it become? A, a, a poisonous snake, which, which, is, which is a type of every one of our ministries that haven't been circumcised, haven't known Jesus in, in uh, being conformed to his death, haven't been circumcised from self-will and selfish ambition. It's trying to do God, it's trying to do God's will your way. And what did, he, what did he have to do? He had to pick up that serpent. I'm not picking up serpents, okay? But if I do, it's not going to be by the tail. That meant certain death to him. The will of God, guys, requires certain death to your plans. And he had, to pick, he had to pick it up by the tail, and then it became the rod of God in his hand. It's Joshua trying to figure out what's the strategy to overcome Jericho with these insurmountable walls. He met the captain of the Lord's host. Uh, it was, that was pre-incarnate Jesus. What did he tell him to do? Get out of your shoes. What did that mean? Take your shoes off. Get out of your own pre-planned steps. You can't do my will your way. Now somebody's here. You got the, you're pregnant with a dream and a vision. And God wants to bring it to pass. But you've been going around the mountain and you can stay on the backside of the desert or you can decide, I'm going to know Jesus being conformed to his death. I'm going to do the will of God, God's way. I'm not going to do it my way anymore. It's, it's me going to, to leaving Bible school. I went to Rama and I met some Rama grads here. And I went to Rama because Karis wasn't around then. And, and I graduated and I went out and I grew a mega church from 14 to 40 <laughs> in three years. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> and, and then God calls me from Houston, Texas, four and a half million people to Decatur, Texas, megatropolis of 5,000 people. I'm, I'm thinking, God, you're certainly sentencing me to anonymity. But I went there, and that's where, that's where I met my pastor, Bob Nichols. That's where I met Paul Milligan. That's where I met Andrew Womack. That's how I am where I am today. Going to, go, doing God's will, God's way. It's Philip in the middle of revival. I'm talking about knowing him being conformed to his death. Philip, he just got his big break. He got all of his CD series out now. And he's, he's going uh, to get interviewed by the Samaritan News and all kinds of things. He, and there was revival in the city. He was a deacon, and now he's having a revival. Man, the big guys, the big guns came down from Jerusalem. And then, then the Holy Spirit, or an angel speaks to him, says, go down to desert. Leave revival, go to desert. Right. <laughs> but he did. And that's where he met the, the Ethiopian eunuch, remember? And the Ethiopian eunuch got saved, water baptized, and Philip learned a new transport system. But how many of you know the rest of the story? The rest of the story is that, that during 500 A.D. To, 7, to 950 A.D. in the Dark Ages, one of the only nations in the world that had revival was Ethiopia. Guys, listen, the Lord has need of you. But we need to know him in this dimension. One more verse, and then I want to play a song that we can sing together with that, that reveals this. Isaiah 50, verse 10. Who among you fears the Lord? How many of you fear the Lord? And you're not afraid of God, but you're walking in the fear of the Lord. Okay? Who obeys the voice of a servant? How many of you are obedient? Okay, but who walks in darkness and has no light? 
How many of you have ever started following the Lord and now you're in a season where you don't know what the next step is? Right now, it's not clear to you what you're supposed to do. But he says he walks in darkness and has no light. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God as opposed to verse 11. Look all you who kindle the fire, who encircle yourselves with sparks, who walk in the light of your fire and in the sparks you have kindled. This shall you have from my hand. You'll lie down in sorrow or torment. Guys, that's a result of not knowing him being conformed to his death. God has powerful things for you in 2024, but you know what? There's nothing greater than knowing him. Now, I want to want these guys to let's play this song, and I, they'll have the words up, and so you can sing this with us. Amen? And then, and then, and then we'll pray.
some impossible situation that you know you didn't intend to but you slipped into just agreeing with the facts instead of the truth and you need to you're deciding today you know what I'm going to know him in the power of his resurrection who is that lift just lift your hand real high and agree with you see see those hands okay how many of you are here that God's dealt with you about you know there's some EGR person, sandpaper person, or difficult person, and you're not submit. You're not going to submit to them as being a doormat. But neither are you going to. Uh, you but basically you've been praying, God, get them out of my life. And you're seeing today, I'm going to let, I'm going to overcome evil with good. I'm going to, I'm going to bless that person. Who who is that? There's lots of you on that one. Praise God. And then finally, um, you know. You'd be humble enough to say, you know, I've been trying to do the will of God, but I have to admit, you know, I've really been in some ways, in some fashion, I've been doing it my way. And, I'm, and I surrender today for, 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 with that. I'm, not, I'm done doing it by God's will my way. If that's you, lift, lift your hand real high. Praise God. And God's been t- touching a lot of people in this message today. You know, before I pray for these that lifted their hands already, you know, everything I've been talking about, guys, it all starts with a personal relationship with Jesus. We all had to come into the kingdom the same way. We had to surrender our life, surrender the rule of our life to the Lord. To say, God, I believe with all my heart, God, that you, Father, that you raised Jesus from the dead, and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. If you're not sure you're born again, you're not sure if you die tonight, you go to heaven. This is a great way to start 2024, is accepting Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Or if you have, but you've really been, you've really been away from Father's house, you, you haven't been um, following Jesus, and you say, I want to come back to Father's house on either of those invitations, lift your hand. Why? I'm not going to have you come forward right now. If you lift your hand real high, and let me see who that is. I'm not seeing any hands up on that invitation. Praise God. So let's just let's let's pray. There may be some some of you at home watching that may may need to accept the Lord. Let's just pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you've done for me by sending your Son. And with his sacrifice, you've given me the new birth. You've, you've given me righteousness, forgiveness of sins, and everything else that I need in life. As Pastor Shannon shared earlier, that we need the, we need the good shepherd. And so, Father, I want to thank you in Jesus' name. Just say, Father, I thank you for salvation. I receive the fullness of what Jesus provided. In Jesus' name. Now, if you had your hand up on those first three uh, invitations, just lift your hand again. I want to agree with you. In the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. I agree. I speak grace, great grace, Father, to every person. And, Lord, I'm, I'm speaking a complete turnaround, restoration, resurrection, life, Father, in Jesus' name, divine appointments, divine connections in their lives, in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, I'm praying for, let's stretch our hands out uh, towards uh, Pastor Shannon and the leadership team here, Father. We want, we're so thankful for our pastors and the leaders here, and we speak over them wisdom, uh, Father, to uh, raise up leaders 
that can take care of the flock, Father, that can that minister to us, but Father will help us reach outside of these walls and touch more people. Uh, I just speak over Lake Haven Church, Father, double in the name of Jesus. Father, I speak over them double, double, double. Praise God. And Father, I thank you for wisdom. I thank you for increase. And I thank you for health for them in the, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you all. Appreciate you.